Good evening. Good to see everybody here tonight. Turn to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, as we read about a character named Bartimaeus who experienced the touch of Jesus Christ and was changed. I'm going to ask when you find that to stand in God's honor as I read aloud. They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for opening eyes in a spiritual sense, Lord. At one time we all were blind and you chose to touch us that we might see we might see a Savior who loved us, who died on a cross, who could overcome death itself. The tomb was empty because death could not hold you. We worship you this time of year. We are reminded our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To take Jesus out is to take away all reason to meet. And so, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we worship. And Father, I just ask tonight that you would just speak to our hearts as we continue on. Thank you for leading us in music, for leading our hearts in giving, for a time to pray. Father, just continue to speak. In your name we pray. Amen. A young man was studying to be a signalman. For the railroad, and it was time for his final exam of sorts. So he stood before his teacher, and his teacher uh, down at the tracks, he said, "Okay, here's the scenario: two trains are on the same track and they're heading for each other. What do you do?" He said, "Well, the first thing I would do is run down and uh, push the lever." so that at a certain point, one of the trains would go onto a different track and avoid the collision. He said, okay, that sounds good, but let's suppose that the lever was broken. Then what do you do? He said, well, then I'd go to the manual lever and switch it. Well, what if that was struck by lightning? Then what would you do? He said, well, then I would uh, open the box, take the phone, call ahead, and warn them that they need to do something. He said, well, what if it was busy? What would you do? Well, then I'd run up to the emergency phone and I would make a call. What if that phone had been vandalized? 
and was not working. Then what would you do? We said, then I would run to town and go talk to my uncle. And the guy was puzzled and said, talk to your uncle? Why? He said, because he's never seen a train wreck. And boy, is he going to see one. In a spiritual sense. Because we are surrounded by train wrecks. I have been in the pastorate long enough to see a few things that really surprise me. Sometimes it shocks me because I hope it's not true. But I've seen people who are hurt. People who need the touch of Jesus Christ. And the one awesome hope that has given me such great encouragement is I, I, I've had some friends and I've seen some people who literally look like, forget that guy. And he's changed. Became a new person in Christ. Uh, lifted up. Able to overcome. We all have certain times where we feel like we're in the midst of a train wreck. It might be a financial train wreck. And boy, it's tough the way it is right now with everything financially. could be a relationship. It's about to fall apart. It's about to become a massive wreck. Maybe a marriage that's, that's about to fall apart. It could be a job. There are different types of calamities that can strike. And the Lord promises to be through there, through there through all of it. Guys, uh, Isaac handed to me a note that was on the door of the church. And he said, I didn't know what to do with this, but I'll give it to you. And uh, so I read the note and it says, Please have church pray for us. We need your prayers every day. Michael and his children. Now I'm not sure who Michael is but God knows I'm not sure the exact reason Michael has specifically asked us to pray but it's not by accident for some reason God moved Michael to leave a note for the Kingsway crowd to lift he and his kids up in prayer maybe they're about to experience some type of train wreck or maybe they already have but I want to take a moment now with that in mind and pray for Michael let's pray Lord, I don't really, I don't know who Michael is, but you do. I don't know what he's facing, but you do. I don't know what his kids are facing, but you do. And even if I did know, Lord, chances are I couldn't do much, but you were able, Lord, to love them and to change where they are, Lord. And so, I lift up Michael to you with my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here. And Father, we ask for your healing touch. We ask, Father, that you might minister to Michael. We ask, Lord, because we don't believe that that note was left by an accident. We believe that it was part of your plan, Lord. And we want to know that you're at work around us. And we want to know that you love us in such a way that you want us to be a part of your kingdom work, Lord. And so you've left this note and, and here we are, God, wanting to be faithful. And so we come before you, before the very throne of grace on behalf of Michael and his kids. And, and Lord, we just ask for your heavenly healing touch that Jesus might reach out and just touch him. And, and God, we, we just pray in that manner. And we pray that you give us eyes to see others, Lord, that need that touch. And we pray that you'll help us not to be so arrogant when we need the touch that we act like we don't. But may we be willing to receive 
your love, Lord, just like this man, Bartimaeus, Lord. Help us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, there's three lessons here I want to mention tonight from this section of Scripture. Lessons we can learn from Bart. It's easier to say Bart than Bartimaeus, so I'm just going to say Bart. Three lessons that we can learn specifically from Bart. Uh, you know, this was a guy, it's obvious he had his issues. Uh, he was blind. He was a beggar sitting by the roadside. It's easy to assume he was poor with very little. It seemed like everything was going against him. And he could have considered himself a helpless victim with no way out of his circumstances. And yet we'll see that Jesus walked into the picture and life changed. Uh, first of all, I want you to see how he capitalized on the opportunity there. Um, as we read in the section of Scripture, Jesus and his disciples are coming into the city where Bartimaeus is sitting at the roadside as a beggar. In verse 47, it says, When they heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, it doesn't tell us specifically what he knew about Jesus. We don't know if he'd met Jesus before. We just know this one thing. Here was a guy who needed more than just a few coins dropped into his can. Here was a guy that needed God's mercy. And so he didn't, he, he yelled out, the crowd was loud, but he yelled out ahead of him, Jesus have mercy on me. He, he, he cried out to Jesus, he took the opportunity because he, he knew the opportunity was there, that if he could just get the attention of Jesus, just that if Jesus would look his way, just if, if Jesus would provide just the time that he needed, that there was a touch there that could change his heart, that could change his circumstances, that could make the difference. The opportunity was available. You know, it's sad you contrast that with a rich young ruler who spoke to Jesus. And remember, Jesus said to him, <laughs> after he had said, what do I need to do to be good? And, you know, a great religious church guy and all that stuff. And his response was, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Not that he calls everybody to do that, but this guy, that was what was keeping him from the vital relationship he needed with Jesus. And so Jesus said to him, you need to give that up. And he missed the opportunity. He held on tightly to stuff and missed God, missed Jesus, missed that vital relationship that Jesus wanted him to have. Bartimaeus, he yelled out to Jesus. He looked for that opportunity to connect. Many of you guys have heard the name Levi Strauss. Remember Levi's jeans? Well, back during the gold rush of 1849, Levi Strauss headed out there just like everybody else wanting to strike it rich. And he came out there and he brought with him a whole bunch of heavy-duty canvas. And in his mind, what he intended to do was to sell it for people to make tents and covers for their wagons. He got out there and he started talking to one of the miners and he said, oh, that won't do me a lot of good. What I wish you'd have really brought is a good pair of pants. He said, the pants out here just don't hold up to this type of work. Light comes on in Levi's mind. 
And he makes a pair of pants. And guess what? The guy becomes rich. But not from digging for gold. From an opportunity before him to make jeans that are durable. That can stand up. He took charge of the opportunity and he found riches. Found what he needed. I don't know. uh, There's opportunities before us all the time. And sometimes we just simply miss them. And I guess my prayer for me and for you is that we will yell out to Jesus in the midst. You know, he had all the noise and all the crowd around him and he's trying to catch the attention of Jesus. We also have clamor and clutter, busy schedules that keep us from being in tune with the living God. And we need to take the opportunity to say, God, slow me down. Turn me your direction. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to know what you want. Help me not to miss the opportunity. Help me, Lord, to be able to see the Michaels that ask for prayer and to see the the people who, who need you, Lord. Help me to do that. Help me to take advantage of, of, of that opportunity. Whatever it may be, Lord, help me to hear your call. Secondly, I want you to see that he minimized the negative sounds that were around him. As we read in here, we discover, um, it says, verse 48, Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. There were many critics out there. We all know about the critics. I remember years ago reading about the guy who said, you know how life is. He says, sometimes you feel like the pigeon, sometimes you feel like the statue. Criticism can hurt. It's got teeth that can bite. It's got uh, claws that can rip you apart. And he heard those voices. I can imagine saying things like, You're just a blind beggar. Shut up. He's the Lord of all. He's the King of kings. He doesn't have time for you. He's on a busy schedule as he marches through here. The crowds are clamoring all over him. He doesn't have time for you. Be quiet. And there's nobody out there, guys, that's not important to Jesus. Everybody matters to him. Because he made them. Everybody matters to the living God. He took that criticism in stride. Uh, Robert Fulton, when he invented the steamboat, says that the crowds gathered around and he was trying to start the steamboat up. And they're like, it'll never start, it'll never start, it'll never start. And then it started clunk, clink, clink, you know, making all this racket noise. And finally it, it starts and starts moving down the river and then they start yelling, it'll never stop, it'll never stop, it'll never stop. Criticism comes from all directions. I thought of David. You know, all the men are waiting to fight Goliath. Everybody's shaking. Everybody's scared to death. David's brothers are there at the battlefield and they're all really trying to hide so they don't have to face Goliath because they're looking for a champion to face the Philistine champion, Goliath. Here comes David. He he comes with a shepherd, the Bible tells us to bring some food to his brothers. His brother Eliab's like, What are you doing here? You've just come because you want to watch us fight. 
David gets mad. Because he hears how this Philistine is talking. And all he's thinking about is not how big the giant is. He's thinking about how big his God is. And he's thinking about how this guy is, is just mocking God and his people. And David can't stand it. He's mad. He says, I want to fight. And they're just laughing at him. We, Saul says, you're just a boy. And you know, I love that picture where it says, Saul finally, well, no one else will do it. They're all scared of him anyway, so why not send David out there? So he tries to put his armor on him. Saul's a lot bigger, and so the armor just, you know, I see it just plopping on him and just kind of dragging the ground. I can't even hardly get around because it doesn't fit. And David says, I need to do this without the armor. No disrespect, king, but uh, this isn't going to work. You know the story. He had all the criticism all those who said he can't do it. Get out of the way. And yet God used him. God used him with that sling and whap. Hit that giant right between the eyes. And what is that old saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And down came Goliath. In the midst of the criticism. In the midst of the negativity. He just kept on going. And so did Bartimaeus. In the midst of all that, I love that it says, he shouted all the more. He didn't listen to the critics. He just set his mind on one thing, and that was reaching Jesus. Reaching Jesus. And then the last point here. I want you to see the faith that he exercised as he cried out to Jesus. I love this, verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you. (laughs) Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Faith is not like some type of magic, abracadabra, now I get anything that I want. But what was so special about faith was he placed the full weight of his confidence and trust in Jesus. Jesus, you are fully able to do this. Jesus, you've asked me what I want. Well, I'm going to tell you. And he fully, completely trusted Jesus and it was a leap. You know, real faith, it's a leap. It's an act of trust where suddenly safe is no longer an option. I've told the story, but whenever I think of faith, I always think of this story. When I was in high school, a good friend of mine, uh, I called him a couple years ago. His name's Wayne Walbart. And what an interesting character Wayne is. Uh, when we were in high school, he was dating this girl, Tanya, who ended up marrying another guy that I knew. But anyway, that's another story. But Wayne would always say, and he talked like this. He said, everybody needs two honeys. He said, do you need a woman honey? And he said, you need a man, honey. And he said, Todd, you like my man, honey. He said, you're my friend. You're my man, honey, friend. I said, okay, Wayne. It's a little weird, but okay. So we were friends, and 
Never knew quite what Wayne was going to do. And one night we were at the church. And at the church there was a level of stairs. You'd go up and then there was a, a, a platform area. And then you'd go up another level of stairs. Well, I was at the bottom of the stairs. Wayne was on that middle platform. I'm at the bottom of the stairs. I don't know, just stand there. And Wayne goes, Man, honey! Man, honey! Get ready! I'm going to jump, man, honey! You catch me! I, I said, What? He said, I'm not kidding. And you know what that guy did? He backed up and he ran and did a swan dive. No joke. And somehow, to the praise and glory and mercy of God, he came flying in the air and I caught him and we both hit the ground and rolled and didn't get hurt. And then I looked at him and said, you're a nut. And he said, I knew you would catch me. <laughs> now, I don't recommend that. But when I think of faith, I always think of that. For some reason, Wayne just knew I would catch him. Now, I didn't know that. But the good news is, God does know He can catch you. God does know that when you're ready to put your confidence in Him and take that leap, He's there. He's there to catch you and He's there for you. Bartimaeus took that leap. He shared with Jesus His heart. And Jesus heard and Jesus responded. To that faith, to that confident leap, Jesus called Him. And Jesus healed Him. And, and I love it here, as you read at the end of this section of Scripture, that I just uh, at verse 52, it says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Once he could see, he saw Jesus. And he didn't want to leave. He saw the one who healed him. And he wanted to follow. And so he followed him along the road. Um, stories told of a missionary that was way back in the jungle. He was a medical missionary. And he operated on this blind man who couldn't see. And when the blind man woke up, he could see. And there was so much excitement. But then the native, he disappeared. And they thought, what happened to him? Where did he go? A couple of days later, he came back. And he, he had in his hand a rope. And on the other end of the rope were ten blind people holding the rope. He brought them that they might see. That's what happens with a life changed by Jesus Christ. When Jesus gets a hold of us, guys, we fall in love with Him. And we see that other people need to know Him. I want to hold on to this end, but I want somebody here. God, help me see Him. Help me bring Him to Jesus. To have that heart that God wants me to have for Him. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for Bartimaeus, Lord. I guess at one point he was black Bart, a dirty Bart, but he became a clean Bart.
washed with blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. That is the story of all who are part of the kingdom of God. At one point, we were lost. We were not just a little mean. We were not just a little bad. But the Bible says we were rotten through and through. We needed a Savior. Bart found the Savior. I pray that all here have found the Savior. I pray for those of us who have, that we'll follow along the road. And that when we see one who needs you, that we'll say, come along, I know where some help is. Lord, uh, that's our heart. That's our prayer. Thank you for the testimony of Bart. Thank you for the testimony of your people here tonight. Lord, may the testimony go out that others, Lord, might hear about you and they might see, although now they don't. That's our prayer. That's our hope, Lord. And as we sing, may we sing to you. And Father, may we respond as you lead. In your name we pray.